Where did it go? Deputy, deputy. It's all trimmed up. We're good. We're good? Okay, good. <laughs> and I can hear my samples. Fantastic. Justin. Good morning. Perfect. Okay, puffer jacket. It's like super, it's probably like one or two Celsius here right now. Oh, I'd say one. Brisk. It's 34 Fahrenheit. Hmm. Did I do it right? 34. 1.11. That was good. You're good. A year into this, I can now do Fahrenheit to Celsius. You've influenced me. (laughs) And the test is what season is it in Australia right now? Should be summer. I just saw somebody say something about how hot it is that was doing some sanding or something and I was like oh yeah it's still still hot there <laughs> how's it going? I was chatting to a friend the other night mm-hmm. and we were teasing some Americans saying that even the best of you seem to be perplexed by the fact that it's summer at Christmas time here yep yep yeah, that is <laughs> very confusing in my head. It's just, I don't know if I'll ever get used to that idea. I mean, like, I guess we have that circumstance. It's not a summer weather still, like people in Florida and probably Southern, very Southern California. Like in California, when it's cold, it's what, 60 degrees there. So 15 they think it's cold. They like wear coats. You, there's all these great uh, photos uh, yeah. of people wearing like winter jackets and it's like 60 and the rest of the country is like, what do you mean? <laughs> it's negative 20 Fahrenheit in Minnesota <laughs> right now. <laughs> How are you? Good. I've had two straight days where I got in and went straight to the miller room, which feels like things are getting done. So that's nice. Awesome. Yeah. Working on pedestal parts. And it's going smoothly? Smoothly. I broke a tool yesterday, but other than that, it's been pretty good. I got that fan, Hoss chip fan going. It is intense. Very, I can feel air (laughs) outside the machine when it turns on. Really? Wow. 7,000 RPMs. I have a 10-inch fan. (laughs) It's... I've made a video of it. It's it's pretty good in mm. terms of production. Yeah, I just saw something on your Insta. Yeah. With your drainage holes and everything. Made my, cool. made my drainage. Yeah, it worked, worked pretty good. I should have tried the chip fan separate, I suppose, but it was easy enough. And it actually made the second operation hat removal a little bit faster and smoother. So it was worth it in the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So just running those parts. For the pre-order? Yep. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's been good. It's good to, like, just run that thing more regularly. It's it's felt... Mm. It's been a a decent amount in the last week and a half. And starts to feel normal. It's good to have Ricky back. He's making noise now, too. I can hear. Hi, Ricky. Can you walk away from the mill yet? You're still sort of babying it. Well, yeah, I can, especially with those parts. So that's about a 20-minute cycle, and I could probably push it faster, but it really gets into a place where it's, like, fussy, like, annoying to walk away for, you know, shorter amount of time than that. And yeah, I've been kind of working. I have a little P- mini PCE thing in there, and I work a little bit on that. But it's it's pretty tough to, like, run cycles and do anything else. Like, your mind kind of gets... It's hard to get set up into something else and then constantly need to go back to it. So ideally, it would be a larger fixture that can run more parts longer, but it's working. And I don't know, don't want to spend more time. I'll do that in a downtime, maybe, if it makes sense. Yeah, sure. And this is running on the fixture on the Pearson palette. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Pearson. It's pretty much everything now. Like, I haven't taken that off since I put it on. I need to... I have actually some more 
blank pieces that aren't Pearson palettes yet. And I really need to like turn those into Pearson palettes. And it's kind of like a, Mm-mm. I mean, you never have a name for it, but it's a chicken and the egg problem because there's, I don't have a way to hold them. <laughs> yeah. With the palette. So I like have to take a palette and like clamp it. Like, what am I going to grab a wood clamp and like smash it to the sides so I can <laughs> like put the fixturing in? I don't, I need to make a palette that is a basically just a fixturing for other large parts. I haven't done that kind of thing yet. So. That's my next step. Yeah. Cool. Nice. It's up to you. Oh, yeah. Back in the swing of things. Getting some... Just driving driving the social wagon. <laughs> and trying to, trying to generate some sales. <laughs> Got that. Early in the piece for a t- title option. Good. And I've signed up for... We're going to mix up our marketing next month. So mm-hmm. I think we're going to scale back our digital spend significantly. Maybe even go to cold turkey. Yeah. Which is something we've been playing with for a while. An idea. Mm-hmm. Feels like, yeah, our cost of acquisition just keeps going slowly, creeping up and up and up. And we're not, you know. Yep. I mean, just in itself, that number creeping up says enough. But, you know, we're not sort of feeling the return, I suppose. Yeah. And... We just feel like we've given it enough time and we want to switch things up. So investigating some alternative marketing options at the moment. And I've just signed up for a a seven-week campaign with one of these, like I'm sure you have similar places over there, like it's kind of an agency that targets architects and interior designers and they'll go out and Mm -hmm. spruik our products for a seven-week period and they're specifically targeting architects and interior designers who have what's it called, Architects Declare. So they're agencies that have said we're going to be carbon neutral by, I think it's 2030. Mm. And we will try and use suppliers who are also on the carbon neutral wagon. And so this agency is going to go out and target these, I think it's 1,100 architects with our products, specifically kit apart. So I've been working on a presentation deck this week, mm. which will be kind of the deck that they present to these architects. So slowly piecing that together. Downloaded InDesign again. I haven't used InDesign since uni. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's a satisfying little tool, like, though. It's like, I always thought, why can't Photoshop really like do this? It. But <laughs> Why can't Word do this? Yeah. <laughs> Microsoft Word can go and, yeah. Mm-hmm. Same. I don't have that. I refuse to use that find, software. Find a ditch. Yeah, so working on that presentation and just trying to fill in the pieces where there's stuff missing. So I went out to that Chinese herbalist dispensary that we did yeah, last cool. year and shot some photos of that last night. I feel like that so one's really need, testing, a few. testing the, the weight capacity or like the integrity. <laughs> like every time I see it, it's like, that's really stacked up, but I'm sure it's lightweight. It's a lot of glass jars on it. That's just um, true. But yeah. It's true. <laughs> a lot of glass. A lot of high value glass too, because the contents of those jars are not cheap. So yeah, trying to get some case studies together for that and pull it all together. I've got about one more day to finish that up before I present it to their team. Hmm. And looking at a few other things, sponsored the local football team, like the women's Ooh. AFL team here. That's fun. Uh, so we're going to get LB on their uniform, which will be cool. <laughs> and just, yeah, just really questioning the digital marketing model. And yeah. I'm going to give it a whirl. Going to push the organic stuff really hard and just really commit to producing regular, high-quality organic content and see how much traffic we can drive there. Yeah, it's a bit of a, bit of a gamble, but yeah. feeling good about having made a decision I've had similar, it just continues to creep up and we've had very little sales of any products. Real slow. Oh yeah. It's been since like the second week of January, we've had like a handful Mm. of sales and the, what is it, ROAS 
just like there's no conversions from social stuff and it keeps spending. So I keep, I have my always, my reaction is always drop it down until I see it do something and then I bring it back up. And I know that's probably the wrong thing to do, but it's just like, I can't justify (laughs) spending money on something that's not, I don't know, returning Mm -hmm. anything at the moment. I'm sure the experts would say that's not how it works, but I don't know. I've always felt like that's an experiment and it just never, like it, it's only recently, like in December started to like have any return. So I don't know what the deal is. I don't, I don't understand it. It seems like it's constantly evolving. I don't know if you follow any of the like law changes and like, it seems like both Google and Facebook or Meta are being like sued by half the countries for something they're doing that's monopolistic or something bad. So yeah, interesting There's times. Rumors of, of TikTok being turned off in the States. Yeah. That, was, that started with the, uh, the orange man and seems to have never really happened. But, you know, I think uh, some, did, of, that, some yeah, of that's a tactic to try to get them to cooperate or I don't know. I don't know, I don't know what I would do all night. <laughs> How do we get to sleep? <laughs> How would I get tired? This is this is uh, sitting around right next to me, and I just have to have to heft it up. Oh, I finally made it. Bible. It's actually Can't really well me. printed. It looks beautiful. I wish I had one of those. It's uh, four thousand four hundred and forty pages. <laughs> Justin's whole four thousand. Justin's holding up the Mastercard. It's like every printed catalog. He's made the big time. Richie came in with it the other day and he's like, were you expecting anything from McMaster? And I was like, no. And I saw the shape of it. And I was like, oh, I wonder if we've <laughs> oh. finally, like, like, I think I said this before, but I think we hit this quota in the last year where we broke some threshold with a couple things. Like now we get free overnight shipping upgrades from them, which is kind of addictive. And then this showed up. It seems to have triggered the same time, you know, like and took in a little bit longer. But I'm sure there's some metric now where it's like, well, this customer is going to become a better customer because we've given them these perks, which is an interesting plan. You know, honestly, it's like it makes me think about how to how those things, you know, someday if we had some type of recurring customer situation where. I don't know, I'm not going to send them a a tome of 4,000 pages, but it's an interesting idea. Old school. Mm. I'm interested to your marketing to go back to that. I'm in that bouncing back and forth between just too many things, you know, as always, but the sales and marketing, it really, I just haven't spent much time. It's like, my interests go all over the place and I haven't spent enough time trying to like sell products and mm. whatever was working seems to have, have faded away. So it's always interesting to hear how you're tackling it. I think I thought about your, I don't know what you called that, your replacement for using Meta was to basically give your marketing dollars to to customers, right? That would like as gift cards or, you know, sales credit. Yeah. That was, an that was a bit thought. of a flop. Oh, really? It seemed successful yeah, like from we the just outside. Yeah, didn't get much. <laughs> Did it. <laughs> um, we just got very... <laughs> we just got very low engagement with people actually posting and tagging. Like what we were asked for was someone just to post a picture of our product that they bought or even product that they liked. But yeah. Usually someone would buy a set of shelves and then, you know, post a photo with the right tag, whatever. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we only got a few people per month who actually engaged with it. And so we very quickly got to a spot where, like, the same person who'd won last month was probably going to win the next one because they could take a decent photo and out of the three people who had done it, you know, they had a Disqualified. So we kind of let that fade away because it wasn't really achieving what we wanted. Hmm. But we, yeah, I don't know. It's such a roller coaster. Like we've had just in the last week and a half, we've had Shopify sales pick up again, like pretty much back to our target 
So yeah. I don't know. It's really yeah. And this is why I, this is why ultimately I want to go cold turkey on digital ad spend for a bit. Just I want to be able to tell where those sales are coming from, how much of it is being driven by meta ads, which are still running. Yeah. Uh, and Google's really expensive. Google's the platform that I'm kind of most comfortable with because it's targeting people who are actively searching for, you know, bookshelf. And then it's like, oh, here's an ad. Yeah. But, but yeah, anyway, turn it off, cold turkey, see what happens to web traffic, mm-hmm. all of that. Try and get a better read on it. I like, I like the, that was always one thought I had about doing the NACWAL marketing was to get in contact somehow with mm. a magical list of interior designers that I didn't have access to. Mm. So that seems spot on to me. And from being part of the field and knowing people, it is highly effective to get in front of architects. The thing I would say, if you can think of something you can put on their desk that they like to use or to look at, a cup, you know, the stupid one that I always remember was like like a stack of paper notes on a, U, a little pallet, and it was like from Uline stuff like that. That's yeah. like a cup holder, a mug holder. Like it's constantly reminding you of what that thing is. A little set of shelves for their mm. desk knickknacks from like butter, <laughs> a butter dish for their tiny little working model of kitter parts. Yeah, micro machine. Oh god, that'd be amazing. Yeah. Little like tiny threads. Yeah, you could print that resolution. (laughs) Maybe an SLA. We we were toying with similar ideas of like, cool. Once we've got these architectural designer leads, what do we? You know, what's our follow up process? Mm -hmm. Yeah, what do we? What do we send them if anything? Yeah, because I've seen. You know, I think we've all seen those rooms at architects' offices, which are just filled to the brim with like material samples and yep. brochures and yep. stuff that just like get piled in there and dumped out probably never so often at. yeah so we don't want to end up in that room but yeah i like your idea of a desk not, not to go too crazy on it but i would say if that that really two things i think of make it easy for them to have things they can specify with like your material mm. information or like CAD file is really effective. Like you can gate them still, right? Yeah. Like behind something, but if you want to, but like make them easy to get and then make it easy for them to drop it into their projects. And you can probably work with them yeah. on like what would they want for that. But that's, that's mm. the secret sauce is, is if it's easy for them. Cause like my wife will never hear this, but the joke we always have, she has no idea how much anything costs. She just likes how it looks. For projects, I'll go like, oh, those are really cool lights in your project. What do those cost? I don't know. No idea. But she found them and put them in the project. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Now, we're at the end, other end of that where, like, you get specified into a project and then you have the, the builders trying to, like, beat you down on price because yeah. the architect specified something yeah. that's uh-huh. out of, spe- out of yeah. budget. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. It is what it is. You got the one thing that people want. Yeah. Feels like forever since we talked last, but I don't know why. Let's feel like that. Yeah, I, I did um, in my week off making making a chair last week. I did a few cheeky quotes late one night when had whis- whiskeys with my favorite client. Cheeky quotes. And pumped out a couple of quotes for him on the spot. Oh, okay. Did some in- in- incoming little jobs and okay. got back on Monday and I got in trouble because I I put these quotes through the system and the client had approved them. And then the guys back here, like they had quite a short lead time on. And at the time I'd asked the question of like, you know, so-and-so is asking if we have machine capacity to, you know, run a few sheets of acoustic felt next week, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I'd asked the question because I wanted an honest answer of like, no, Jim, we don't have capacity for that. Or yes, sure, we can slot that in. Mm Mm-hmm. But I think because I was off-site and unavailable, I can totally understand where, why there might have been a sort of like, shit, what is Jem committed to? Like, I guess we better say yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I got back. Got, got a, I got a paddling on Monday morning. 
from the team for having thrown these quotes and stuck a spanner in the works. But it was interesting to get back and kind of be not told off, but like kind of held to account. You stepped out of, outside of process. We've built up all these processes. <laughs> you just stepped out of, out, out yeah. of the process last week and kind of broke it in terms of, you know, they'd been trying to manage machine time to get this big job across the line. John Yeesh. machining yeah. like 5.30 every morning, like kind of doing a split shift to get this job out the door. <laughs> so, yeah, totally understand why that caused a bit of angst in the office in my absence, but an interesting sensation too to kind of be held to account by your team. So you're coming in to finish them. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's an interesting. Mm. I can imagine. I think it's 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 good, right? Like, I I think it'd be yeah, pretty bad if you just uh, could do whatever you want and nobody said anything about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Jim yeah. goes and makes chairs and makes new orders that are due in no time, and nobody <laughs> likes it. Mm. The chairs looked cool. What? Well, yeah, I was chair. thinking about what do you do with one chair? Did you have a place in mind when you went to go <laughs> go to it? Are you a no. mis- mixed batch chair family? We're a very mixed batch chair family, but I haven't decided whether it's going home and being put at risk of the children hmm. or whether it lives at work. But it's a very comfortable sort of dining chair. So I should probably go home. But realistically, I spend more time in chairs mm-hmm. here in the office mm-hmm. in some way. So we'll see. That's Jem's we'll sitting chair. Mm. Cool. But yeah, great, great course, great experience. And yeah, really nice, really nice piece to have. And I was just blown away by like how strong proper tenon glue mm-hmm. joints were. <laughs> Mm-hmm. We're using hide glue, which is cool as well. Like you heat it up and brush it in. Just hide, like hide amazing glue? bond. Yeah, like boiled animals. Oh, animal glue. <laughs> Interesting. Oh. oh, never heard of that. Oh, liquid hide glue. Hmm. <laughs> so it's basically like an alternative to PVA. PVA. What's that stuff called? I guess so. I guess it's a more traditional adhesive from before we had PVA. You can reheat it. Like, you can sweat joints apart by reheating them, which is cool. Weird. So better, technically better for repair work down the track. I didn't know about this. (laughs) Speaking of real wood, you've got yourself a combo plane thickness (laughs) What a transition. Yeah. We can we can make wood flat on two different sides now again. I might. Got the... We might have the same machine. I'm not really sure. The Jet JJP12, I think. Sounds it's familiar. been made for a long time, I guess, but I found a good deal on... I was looking at all the combo machines and everything else was either... A silly, a poorly designed machine, or way too expensive for what kind of use case we needed. So, I found one of these jet combos for. There's like an interesting yeah. surplus store near us that I found out. This is an interesting situation where I've known about them for a while. They're like up by Seattle, and they get Jet, and then Jet has a lot of other brands like it, I guess, or that they the same kind of manufacturing family. I don't really understand. But this place is, like, one of the only places in America that gets the scratch indent or, like, basically stuff gets damaged from its way, like, from Asia to here or whatever else. So, like, it's just a factory full of, like, barely damaged machines, like the paint scratched on one. It's Mm, it's a a candy factory. Like, there's so many cool, (laughs) like, very affordable machines. And I had this little trailer, and I was like, oh, what else could I bring home with me? No, don't do it. Don't don't buy a metal cutoff saw. We don't need that. Tempting. Yeah, we have the same machine. Oh. We do have the... (laughs) What? I'm still perplexed. What are you doing with one of these? Decking your aluminium billets? I have thought about that. On two sides? That would be interesting. I mean, yeah, we're still 
we just go in such weird phases of like either client work or our own projects where we either use a set of tools or don't anymore. Like I think there's just times when I, I still see it as a necessary tool for just very basic work in the shop that interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, jointing seems to like to me is like the, it's the baseline of all solid wood, right? Like if it comes in rough at all, you got to make something square to be able to cut it accurately on a non, even, even if you're putting it on the CNC router, sometimes like one face won't be flat enough to keep in a sensible way. And it's way more cost effective to just run it through that real quick than it is to do a bunch of weird setups to make individual weird pieces fit on the router. That's true. Prep work. I'd say, yeah, that this is exactly why I was trying to downscale those tools because we had five grand worth of two tools that were taking up floor space we didn't use very much. And so I'm now down to like, that machine was 2200 after tax, which I had to pay in Washington. And I still have my other machine to sell. So I'm going to net a couple of grand and have more cool. space. But how much, how much solid timber? Are you- Not a lot lately. That was part of part of the yeah. thing. I don't know. It just felt really mm. wrong to totally get rid of it. But I, yeah, I get it. I get the question. Like I'm quoting two things right now that are solid material, solid yeah, wood. Cool. Yeah, it goes in weird batches of needs. Yep. Always good to free up some floor space. Yeah. I have very little sense of like what your shop actually looks like. I feel like I've never seen like a wide angle shot of it. Almost no. I couldn't draw it. I couldn't do a floor plan. <laughs> I can barely, but I think because yours is so much, you've shown up above. I have no idea where the tools mm-hmm. are. That's why they, when we did the secret show, we were talking about how many machines you had. And I was mm-hmm. like, wait, there's another one? <laughs> <laughs> where did that go? Where is that at? I did a shop tour back when, I think it was the end of 21. Probably outdated now, though. I was thinking about doing a new one. Mm, me too. It's kind of a fun. It's it's kind of a fun, different type of video to make. Like, you know, get enough questions about how certain things work that it's kind of valuable in a weird. Actually, I've used that shop tour more than once. That video on YouTube to go back and go, how does that fit in the shop? Like, I'm at home, you know. Like, is there space <laughs> to fit something there? You know, like, should I like scrub her and find that spot? <laughs> Man, you don't have a fusion model of your workshop. I, it's kept it's up dated. Yeah, but some old Rhino models that are outdated as well. Still handy though, occasionally. Yeah, I get in there and move some stuff around. Yeah. Yes. Hmm. What's your multi-axis fixturing? Look, I came back inspired from Chair Week, thinking about uh, coming back to my milking stool, which I haven't made any progress on so getting funky angles on the pencil sharpener cooking mm-hmm. so whether that's threaded mortises on the underside of a seat base machined in on an angle or getting like kind of cross cross tenons through a leg for like little foot rails and things but all threaded so i was trying to work out the other day i was trying to work out how to design a Kind of like a vice accessory that goes in a three-jaw chuck, mm-hmm. but that then holds round stock like perpendicular to the chuck. Oh. But also like clamps and unclamps. Oh. I think I'm making it way, way more complicated than it needed to mm. be. <laughs> but I was trying to imagine a collet that kind of came out and wrapped around the stock, but it kind of was spring-loaded so that as the three-jaw chuck closed, the, the round stock was grabbed on the perpendicular at the same time. But, yeah, just kind of starting to think about that again. That's tricky. And, yeah, get some R&D cooking. Got some ideas. Yeah, I'm itching for that myself. I feel like I'm getting Mm. closer. I was urged recently to not put that off completely, as I have been, because I just feel like, I'm so easily drawn to just working on new things like that that I can get locked in. I'm like, oh, well, only 
this is what I want to work on now. <laughs> Forget about the last projects. So I like my defense against that is too. So nobody's really, I mean, Ricky can maybe ask me after a, a month of doing the wrong thing what, what I should be working on, but nobody's holding me to account, unfortunately. So my defense is just to not not let myself go that far with it. But I, I really I have at least two things I want to be working on that's new. Mm, cool. Yeah, I've, I've been given... Oh, my doctor has told me that I need to get more sleep. Ah. <laughs> so other than this early morning recording session, I've pretty much given up on my early morning playtime. <clears throat> And I'm trying to work out where in my normal working day that I can slot that in because I've been, you know, off the tools for must be almost a year now. And that early morning play session kind of felt like my, the perfect spot to Mm -hmm. like slot in some machine time, CNC time that was not interrupting production time. But if I'm not doing it then, I need to find a, a different time slot in the week or day or the week where I can pop that in. I was thinking about, you know, not making anything formal, but just trialing, you know, not coming in on a Wednesday one week and then working the off day on our Friday when no one else is here. Yeah. Just doing a few little cheeky exchanges like that. Because it was so good having that that public holiday day to myself in the workshop a few weeks ago. It was like so good for my mental health and sort of sense of, worth and satisfaction definitely but yeah hmm. trying to work out what the, what the natural progression to that is but yeah so it doesn't probably do the same thing for you to work on the design but not the making of it of something that you're prototyping i'm so attached yeah i could try and develop that skill but i'm so attached to the like being guided by machine processes. Yeah, sure. Kind of, it's been my my go-to way of working for so long now that I just, yeah, I want Fusion in front of me and I want the machine in front of me and I want to just sort of fiddle. I mean, the other thought I had about that is like, what is the type of machine? Is there one or a set of smaller machines that you can use to prototype with that doesn't have to be it's basically like tool room machines, right? Like mm. they're not full scale routers. They're a Shapoko or a you know, a desktop mill or something, whatever your mm. tool du jour is that you can <laughs> be able to because it he does seem similar to like what this the mentor person I've been talking to is like describing to me after spewing all my interests and how important it is to keep working on new things all the time and it to me often Mm. i think we both said this recently that it feels like you're getting away with something sometimes you know like it's like oh i'm working on new things and it doesn't feel like it's bullies to me it doesn't feel as important as the current work so then it gets pushed off but really what you're doing is defeating yourself three to six months down the road or whatever Mm mm-hmm so how, what, you know, if it's that important, what is the tools needs you need to keep that moving? Yeah. Yeah. Like I've never really thought about the tool room tool. Interesting idea. I feel we've had quite a stressful week here financially. Like mm-hmm. the first time in ages I've had some sleepless nights of like, Ugh. oh, ca- cash flow is like really terrible right now. And... Mm. How are we going to fix this? So, yes, that all feels very inaccessible. Any any sort of expense or new thing. But, you know, my mood is so, like, closely tied to that. Whenever we dip dip under a certain point in the company bank account, my mood just dips with it. Yeah. This little emotional trigger. Um, Yeah. But, you know, and then we have a few good leads come in and some promising work in the sales department it's like oh we'll be all right we'll get through this it'll be fine we'll be yeah. back on track so, so riding that wave yep yep been there yeah but tool, tool room tools are interesting if i do want to work on the same same time frame as production then 
that might be something we should look at down the track. Cool idea. It's definitely tough. I It is hard for me to imagine having full-blown like vertical mills or something that even though they're designed <laughs> to be lesser, that they cost seventy to $90,000 or something and they just sit there most of the time. Is in, I mean, I kind of have that already, so like I can't imagine having more of that but like intentionally buying that i guess so it just mostly sits there mm. but i know none of our machines cost that much but yeah yeah i don't know it's been useful i would say the thing that which probably won't help you too much but 3d printing has in a large way mm. especially through some of the weirder small things of the knack wall development even if that didn't turn into anything it really evolved my thinking on how to move through things really quickly with like prototyping wise with 3d printing because it's so so accessible like so quick mm-hmm. even if it takes a little bit you know like if you machine a part versus a 3d printed parts so you're trading off the setup time for the like you know execution time sometimes but in the end you also can do a lot of other stuff while it's just sitting there doing its thing you're not you're not babying yeah. A mill to not crash. So yeah, I need to get into a habit of using our printer more. Such a good tool for stuff like like this idea for the multi-axis chuck mm-hmm. thingy for the pencil sharpener. I could just be printing one of those in the background and you know quickly jumping out on the floor and throwing in the pencil sharpener. Test. Yeah. No, that doesn't work. Cool. Pull it back in. Print another one. That really wouldn't interrupt John at all. And. Mm-hmm would be making progress so maybe i'll try and do that today yeah uh, i see you being going pretty hard hang on where's the sample what's new in software corner you've been going hard in in Airtable with automations i just get these bugs every once in a while of like being frustrated or finally mentally working out the process of how something could work and i've been wanting for a very long time that if our inquiry farm doesn't work perfectly as intended the first time, meaning somebody uploads files for mm. their job in that initial inquiry submission, which understandably, I, I'm going to get that. Like people want to contact, they want to talk about something, they want to know some detail before sending files. All understandable. But what happens then is getting those files back related to that inquiry again is. Mm. It's just disconnected. It never mm. works very well. And so I sent you a very messy, confusing screen share to understand it, which I feel like often the way that these automations are set up are some kind of like mad hat, crazy thing that somebody thinks up and it's impossible to edit again. But it if it works, it's awesome. Yeah. And in this case... If this makes any sense, we have the RFQ table, I think they call it, and then made another table that's like an upload so it can take the form. And the key to it was to use a pre-filled form URL from the original RFQ email that goes back to the customer. And so then it's pre-filled with a project number and their email and so when they click the upload cool. link in their initial email, it takes them to the form on the other side and they can upload files to that. And then the automation in the background moves the file back to the original RFQ. Cool. Fancy. I've only tested it. Nobody's done it yet, but I'm excited mm-hmm. if that works because I used to use like Dropbox and then have to like download and move the file and I would forget. And yeah, it all so it only works if the customer clicks on the right link to Submit yeah. an extra file, right? Like if they just email you independently, then you no, yeah. We have assign that back to the job. Yeah. What I've done though to deter the email file problem because a it eats yeah. up your email space is I just have really low attachment limits. It's like three or four megabytes, I think, and so they immediately bounce back, <laughs> and people get like, "Hey, I can't send you files." And I'm like, "Yep, I know." Cool. So the Dropbox had worked. It was just. It just always was disconnected, and there was just too mm. many of them all the time. I would be like, you get the thing, and it would say, oh, you didn't send us files. Can you send us files? And then they would send you files, and then they'd be, like, somewhere else. 
Uh, anyway, bing bong. Messy to explain, but it should work amazing. I'm hoping. Cool. Hmm. What also cool about that too is if the pre-filled blink isn't used, you could still just use your job number and email and it would still work. Because the job number nice. always is yeah. translated in every subject of the email we send to them. So, yeah. It's an interesting little this, thing. The screen I mean, share you sent me is called Justin's Wild Friday Airtable Automations. Yep, yep, yep. Very Friday, wild. Friday fantasies with Justin. Yes. Oh, uh, only for a few. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can yeah, think yeah. it. <laughs> Somebody's got a thing for it's very it. Very niche. Yeah, I, I've been, as I mentioned, I think last week or the week before, I've been rebuilding my to-do list as I love to do every few months. <laughs> it's our thing. It's really just my part part-time job. Just rebuild my <laughs> daily system. Yeah, I do the same. <laughs> do the same thing. I've been in workflow doing that and. I think I finally nutted out my default diary for the first time this year, like months, month and a half in. All built within the structure of our flight plan or business plan. Mm-hmm. So everything that is everything that ends up in my calendar has to have a home back in my sort of core business plan. So that's been really interesting to put things in and be like, oh, that doesn't really have a a place. Maybe it shouldn't be in my default diary is something that I focus on every day. So that's been cool. Yeah. And then just using you know, a, a complex series of links within Workflow so that my days are structured and that I click on every one and it pulls me back into like a sub list within the business plan hmm. of things that I need to do in within that category so I can filter it down and be like, cool, I'm in my like shooting time slot click on shooting and it takes me through to my shoot list of things yeah. that are outstanding that I need to photograph for video for the website or socials or whatever it is. Interesting. It's been effective thus far. But yeah, yeah. early days, really, I feel like I'm only just getting into a rhythm of that sort of default diary structure again this year. Yeah, yeah, Having I haven't been, been at all. all over the shop. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And do you feel ineffective for the lack of it? Oh, yeah. Or do I mean, you feel like I, you're getting through things. I would say that I've never fully done the kind of default diary thing. It's mostly like I'll get a couple of them set, or I'll see the reminder to do those things. But I feel like so often with any type of regular schedule in my life, it doesn't feel applicable whenever I'm going to do it. It's like, oh, I don't have production things <laughs> to do today, so skip that. You know, and then the next thing comes up and I'm like, well, I'm busy. I don't, I, I can't do that one right now. This is more important. You know, yeah. like there's always, always exceptions that probably aren't even true that I just convinced myself of. But no, I've, I feel whenever I get into any type of rhythm where I'd actually, I follow those things and follow the intention I set out ahead of time. It's, and do it. I feel like Superman. I'm like. Oh my God, I got four things done today, guys, like that I actually intended to. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's part of the idea behind the default diary, too, is that you kind of, depending on how you set it up, you're like, you're inherently tracking your performance on it. Like, this is what I was supposed to do. Did I do it? This is what I was supposed to do at this time. Did I do it? And so, like, you get to the end of the week and you have some sort of feedback loop of like, I did okay with these things. I missed this sort of stuff. And then you can kind of feed that back into the next week. The next yeah. Improve. Continuous improvement. I did this thing for a while, years and years ago. I did it for a lot of years. There's this app called Streaks that I use, which sounds sounds like a bathroom-related thing. But it was it was simply just things that you would check off. And there was just like nodes or buttons on the app. And you could set them to whatever. Some of them could be, eventually they got to this kind of like mini automation, like I walked two miles today or like all those like Apple Watch related things. You could have those like automatically check off. But the idea was take anything you want. It could be a positive or negative thing. Like I didn't, 
you know, do some type of hard drug or like I had six glasses of water today and you could like check those things off. And the idea was you were gamifying some of those things to be a point where there were a streak of how many times you would do it. And that worked for me for a while. And now I just have no interest in that gamification anymore. I'm just like, yeah, don't care. I don't who care. Who's going to see this? Too busy just playing milling machining games. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's, that's my new version of, you know, the old rule 34, where it's like, if you can think it up, somebody has a thing for it, an interest of a certain type. I think there's a new version of that, where if you think it up, somebody has made a game that's a simulation of that thing. In which case, I was joking with some friends about, I bet, you know, why don't we just have a CNC machining simulator? And I got sent this link, which is CNC milling <laughs> simulator. And you just run a bridge port. <laughs> and it costs $20. You can pay <laughs> to do what people get paid to do. Fantastic. That's a training tool, right? It looks pretty realistic. That was, yeah, I guess, I guess so. It's pretty funny. Pretty funny. I do enjoy simulators and in other ways, but it's never usually a thing that I do during the daytime. Like, I'm not really into, like, <laughs> like, do sales quotes, you know, at home for a game. Like, no. For those of us that don't have bridge ports or CNC mills, maybe. Yeah, sure. That makes sense. A place with it. What, what if it worked though? What if like, like there was this guy as a sad result of the story, but the reality of it was kind of amazing too, that there's a person that stole a plane in the Northwest in America, mm. a, a proper like giant, like hundred some person passenger plane, if I'm not mistaken, maybe it's, maybe it's under a hundred, but is a ground crew member and had just kind of a mental break, but had played a lot of flight machine simulators yeah. and thus he could fly the plane amazing like it worked to the point where he was like mm -hmm. zooming around and they like sent up like fighter jets to make sure he didn't crash into seattle and unfortunately chose to crash on a desolate island but crazy that that worked it was enough of a training that like he could take off a passenger jet and successfully yeah. fly it around for yeah. like 50 minutes or something like that wow Maybe this will work. Maybe we just need more people to play CNC machine simulator and we'll solve our manufacturing shortage. You can send it to your potential hires. Can you play this game? What's your score? Prerequisite for working at PDX. <laughs> What's your score? <laughs> can, I, can I come join? Cool. What a weird game. Yeah. You want to hit the hot lap energy or no? Oh, we're just back into hot lap season. Do you want to hit the hot lap energy? What a question. So, yes. We are back into hot lap season, which means we're a couple of months behind. So, it's been about five months since we did it. But we're taking everyone for a lap in the sunshine, mm -hmm. talking about their job. Hot just every time right I do it, I'm just, yeah. Every time I do it, I'm like, this is so good. Like, it's such a nice energy that comes out of it, of sort of connection and, I don't know, trust. And, yeah, you can just feel it in the room, like, when we're in this. Everyone, it feels like everyone's had an opportunity to speak up. Not that they don't normally, but, like, a sort of a more intimate, intimate opportunity to chat and reconnect personally and professionally and yeah. just a really nice result. Yeah, yeah. It's a good thing to do. Mm. I think Ricky and I do that, that well. like every third day on accident. It's probably not <laughs> to the nice. same degree in like intentionality. Yeah, that's cool. That doesn't cool. feel too frequent at times for you. Sometimes going into it, it does. It's like, wow, three, we're up to that again. Like that was quick. Yeah. Like, what, what are we going to do? Talk you know, talk through the same questions because they're pretty much the same questions every time. Mm -hmm. But once we're in it, it doesn't feel too frequent. That's good. It's an interesting little sort of 
finger on the pulse too because like there's questions of like you know what are you excited about at the moment mm-hmm. and like if you're getting that little feed that just that answer every three months it's like you kind of you track it over time you can kind of see where people's interests are sort of waxing and waning and yep. their engagement and you know, what reinvigorates them and what doesn't and yeah i don't know cool it's very effective yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, I used to do a little bit more of that. Something about the two people company that just makes it. We've been doing a little bit more like. We used to do more like happy hour, which is like social events kind of thing. And when it's just been Ricky and I, I told him, I was like, I don't want to force you into having happy hours with me. Like. <laughs> like just me and you so it's like let's just like go to lunch instead <laughs> it's nice and he's like i've never felt like that and i was like i don't know man i understand like you're gonna say the nice thing but like if i had to like go hang out with my boss every month the same way i'd be like i don't know it's even if you really like each other <laughs> like you can still there's no escape you know it's just you two yeah 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 well my last thought yeah. We are definitely Happy. growing our support in Patreon, which we appreciate. And if that's not something you can do, okay. then one thought that I had that's really helpful to us to grow the show is to write a review on your favorite podcast place, mm. Spotify, Google. I think the yeah. most helpful is Apple Podcasts, if you would like. And ideally, it would be a positive review. But anything you can write would be great. We'd appreciate that because that helps kind of push you up the all rankings yeah thanks to everyone who is there supporting the show it's awesome and just yeah thanks to everyone who listens regularly as well yeah cool. sure comments questions we'd love to hear from you as well and if you are on patreon we're coming up to our Ooh. first quarterly hangout yes <laughs> get in a room get in a zoom room <laughs> with us it's consensual i swear <laughs> <laughs> yes, very consensual Zoom rooms. I promise. All right. Well, till next week. Come in. Till next week. Have a good day. Bye. See ya. <laughs> oh, play them all. What's new it's in Software Corner? Co- it's coffee time. It's good stuff. Symphonic. Get in a Zoom room. Justin and Jeff. That's a perfect segue, Jim. Sign up for the Patreon and get the secret show and the quarterly hangout. It's the cost of one fancy coffee a month. Do you even need fancy coffee? Why, yes, yes, you do. Just get the coffee in our Patreon, too. It's just money. Act now. Don't delay.